0: Welcome to Broken Bacon, the only podcast that's a combination of preparation and luck. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering season one, episode 12 of House of Cards. Uh, this is the one where Frank goes to vet, or at least he thinks he goes to vet Tusk. Turns out Tusk is actually vetting him. The Raider. <laughs> and Raider. Uh, and that's kind of the main thrust of this episode, the main plot line. There's also another big one going through this where Janine and Zoe are kind of investigating uh, what happened with Russo and uh, kind of the political underpinnings of that. Indeed. So what do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's go with the main plot. Okay, Frank Tusk. Uh, So Frank is working with Linda, actually, to try to get this vice presidency under control, under his control. Um, And the president decides that he's going to go with a guy named Raymond Tusk. You don't even want to talk about Tabitha? No, Tabitha warrants no talk at all. (laughs) She comes across like... She didn't talk, why would we talk about her?
1: (laughs) She comes across like Ripley being debriefed after the movie Aliens.
0: (laughs) Sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's exactly what she experienced on the way to work.
1: Yeah, exactly. She just fought off a xenomorph, xenomorph <laughs> horde and does not want to talk about it. Yep. Clearly traumatized from the experience. Uh,
0: so she's out. She's right out. And actually, everybody on the list that they gave him is out, and he's pretty pissed about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tusk, I <laughs> uh, watching he's... this the first time, you don't know what Kevin Spacey doesn't know here, right? Right. What Frank doesn't know. Watching it the second time through, when you know that this is all a vetting process of the other way around, uh, it's a little more interesting, I think, mm. because you can see that, that Tusk's deflections and his changing of the subject is not him not wanting to answer the question, but him trying not to let Frank know that he's actually being vetted. Also, he's
1: trying to kind of get the measure of the man. you know, kind of, Absolutely. you know, In the same way, like... Frank would just chew up a vetter like we saw that uh, uh, Pete went through, and a guy gets in his face and is like, "Have you have you fucked kids? Oh yeah. How many whores have you fucked? Yeah. How many transsexuals? How much how much heroin have you mainlined?" He would be able to throw go right through that. Uh-huh. Wouldn't get under his skin at all. He's expecting that. But this multi-billionaire that's putting him off and got a parrot on his shoulder and speaking Mandarin and frying bacon at 3 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and taking him on long walks in the woods, he's seeing, you know, how, how, can he
0: rattle him that way? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's... I, I like how it plays out. Um, He he asks a lot of questions about, like, his dad and his background and stuff, and he's trying to figure out kind of the headspace of this guy. Um. And There's a lot of stuff in the woods that I don't totally understand. There's a Walt Whitman poem that I haven't read, and if we if this was a full cast, I would have gone and checked that out and mm. kind of thought about it more. But you know, instant cast territory here. So, um, how much how much is there to talk about there? I mean, it's a pretty straightforward plot line once you get into like the idea that the, it's a reverse vetting process. Well, we find out why he. Uh, we find
1: out why finally Frank wraps his finger against the table sure. at all the goddamn time. Yeah, he's toughening up his knuckles and simultaneously knocking for
0: good luck. Yeah, preparation and luck are the keys to success. Or so his dad's told him. Do you, but but from what we know of his dad, he died when he was young.
1: What didn't he? I guess he died in his forties. Yeah, of he, he a heart could, attack. He could have been in college by then. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't clearly think much of his father. Do you really think that he picked that up, or do you think this is an affectation he's deliberately picked up just to be folksy, and he's
0: already got a homespun folksy backstory for it? Uh, With Frank, you never I really, can tell. Sure, but I really have no reason to doubt him on that. And it doesn't so. matter either way. Sure, sure. Uh, the, the aspect of this that I actually think is slightly more interesting is whether or not Linda knew about this. Because she, if she did know about it, that he was actually the one being vetted, then she's a pretty good liar, and she lies successfully to Frank. Yes. Uh, if she doesn't, then how far out of the loop is she?
1: Yeah, it's very hard to believe with her access to the president that she mm-hmm. doesn't know uh, their friend. Yeah, I, I just very very hard to believe that she doesn't know that they are good friends because when the you very see, least yeah when doug sends the itinerary where they both had dates in common it's a lot of dates yeah and it's actually kind of amazing that with as many times that they met and there wasn't there a lot of fundraisers and stuff like that too i think so yeah a lot of public it's kind of amazing that this wasn't common knowledge Mm-hmm. For example, like you know, Barack Obama were best friends with George Soros, like that's the press would talk about that. Or if he met that many times with Bill Gates, for example, it's it's
0: seems a little
1: too writerly for me.
0: Sure, sure. I also don't know if I buy that Linda didn't actually suggest to the president that Frank might be a good fit for the vice presidency. What do you think about
1: Frank coming out? As an atheist. I mean, I, we know in his
0: internal monologues he's I, thought about this for a while. It, d- does he come out as an atheist here, though? Because he says he doesn't believe in heaven, but he says at the same time oh, he doesn't true. think God trusts us.
1: That's true. Or I'm, believes
0: in us, rather.
1: You would think that, that would have come, some that would have come out uh during one of his campaigns before maybe maybe now's the time oh, it will would, come out yeah you would because think so that's a hot button issue in american politics i don't think you can be an atheist and arise higher than <laughs> say the, the the house
0: of representatives sure would come out right.
1: and no and people wouldn't vote for you
0: yeah yeah uh I, I don't know i'm i'm not totally sold that he's an atheist yet at the very least he doesn't have much of an opinion of God. (laughs) Do you think that's going to be a a season two plot? If he gets uh,
1: vetted for Mm -hmm. the vice presidency, they're going to go back to that old teacher and it's like, yeah, this guy's a amoral atheist.
0: It could be. I mean, an
1: open marriage to an ass queen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Certainly if he gets uh, named as the vice president, they're, they're going to dig into his past. No doubt. Mm. Uh, But we'll see. So at the very end with Frank and Tusk, uh, Frank figures out that he's being played. Tusk's, Tusk's idea is to get a favor from him uh, in exchange for his blessing to be the vice president. And he wants this blank check. And Frank very smartly refuses that. You know, I mean, he's on his phone. He's like, I'll get a car out of here. And no, I'll get your car. And he's already on the phone getting a car, getting out there. <laughs> uh, very smart. And, and he tells Tusk, look, you wouldn't do this. Why are you expecting that I would? Yeah. Right. Well, the, I kind of wondered whether this also is a test in itself. Hmm. The the idea that if he would give a blank check for something, he's not trustworthy. Like he he couldn't handle the vice presidency. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Very well could be. Um, And then, so Frank decides, you know what, I'm going, he also wants something that I have. So I don't know what that is yet, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to make sure that he uh, fears for his wealth. So, somehow by attacking his nuclear interests. Right. And we don't know what that is yet. Um, I feel like that's a really interesting plot thread that has a lot of potential, though. So uh, what what else do you want to talk about? Do you want to go to Janine and Zoe now? Sure. Okay. So they're on a quest to find out, I guess, what's so shady about Russo's dealings in the past, uh, specifically as it relates to the, the BRAC hearings and the shipyard closings.
1: Well, it seems like it's innocent enough, just her following up on this story, that because we, we opened a story yeah. up with Christine trying to recruit Paul, the old shipyard boss friend, Yeah, somewhat, I don't know how, involved he is in local politics, for to take Pete Russo's office. Uh, mm-hmm. Janine somehow gets wind of that through her sources, uh, that he's taken a meeting and calls and um, asks a couple of fairly innocent questions, and... Finds out that Pete Russo got strong, strong armed on the ship, shipyard closing. Yeah. By politics higher up, which, you know, like Zoe later says when Janine confronts her about it, it's like, this seems like politics as usual. Sure. And Frank says that. And Frank, in fact, uh, lays out the complete truth of what actually happened mm-hmm. um, without the, you know, the basically he played this, he sacrificed the base for a larger goal. Which is true, uh-huh. but he didn't do it willingly. He left out the whole, you know, I sprung him out
0: of jail and, and sure. did all that. Yeah, and, and, and so also her, murdered him. her attention... He didn't mention that either. So how does <laughs> she get to Womack? Because her attention is turned to Womack. She's looking through some records. She finds uh, McCutting or McCutcheon mm-hmm. Air Force Base. McCutting Air Force Base? Yeah, that was in his district. That, that was in Womack's district. And she thinks that he strong-armed Pete into closing the shipyard so that his district could keep the jobs. Right. Uh, which we know was actually orchestrated by Frank. Right. And it just makes it... I really love the dynamic there where where it appears that it could be one thing, but it's actually another, you know? Right. Um. So then Zoe goes to see Roy Kapiniak, and he's not there, but he. she finds Echo, um, who is the stripper girlfriend, and finds out that it was Rousseau's idea to say that uh, Kopiniak had authored the article that they got Kern ousted from the Secretary of State position for uh, for having written.
1: So now she knows one of the big missing pieces of the puzzle, but Echo, the stripper, won't go on record, so she's got to figure out some other way to independently uh, uh, prove it. Also, you left out one part, which is Janine actually hunting at Christine to gather comments for the story, and Doug swooped down out of the yeah. shadows and just
0: put the kibosh on it. So he's obviously tailing her. Is he? He's gotta be. He sat she like she says, he sat down it's immediately been a month. after I did, and she says later on, I know when I'm being watched. It's been over a month. I think he's been tailing her. Really? I really do, yeah. Oh, I, I kinda think it was just
1: lucky that they he happened to be having lunch because they were in the you know, we talked about the, the 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 pizza cafeteria where uh they destroyed the former House uh, Majority Leader. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I don't know, maybe. I, I I just don't buy that Doug Stamper has time to tail Christine <laughs> every fucking place she goes.
0: Sure, sure. Maybe not. Um but yeah, I so I, I really like this plot thread. Uh it seems to be leading somewhere bigger. Zoe is certainly not done investigating this. Janine is not done investigating this. Um,
1: and I think at one point, Zoe says to Janine that, that she's afraid that that, Hank, that that Frank scares her, what he's capable of. And she's like, you know, yeah. sometimes the only stories worth following are the ones that scare you. Yeah, her her best stories have been the ones that have scared the shit out of her. And when she went back to Christine armed with the Echo and the, the 24th of January, which is when he stopped by, uh-huh. uh, she has a real strong play here. So she's, she's like, look, I just... I just want the truth, and you deserve it more than anybody. Sure. And we see that that kind of cracks through to Christine, and she starts clicking her computer, looking through (laughs) Peter's itinerary, I guess, to see if she can corroborate that. I'm actually somewhat surprised she doesn't remember because when – and maybe she does, but Zoe says, did you notice any weird behavior around the inauguration? Because he did space and go away and get drunk and high. Uh,
0: and then come back and never really explain that. To yeah, her. that wasn't when he left his kids with her, was it? No, 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 no. This was before that. She, she went to pick up his kids, right?
1: No, I think this was just they were huh. in his apartment, okay. and he got a late night call from Frank. Said, "Hey, I got a bounce. I got you know some last minute support for whatever." Yeah, and didn't show up for the next day, and he showed up drunk and high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which she called him on. That's and, right. He
0: came into his office, and he was high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so there's uh another i guess very slight uh plot point here with zoe and that's with lucas Uh, Uh, lucas is very angry that zoe slept with frank to get ahead uh and and angry also that she wouldn't come clean about it in the first place
1: which also hilarious because this fucking dude just pledged he'd never hurt her and now he's i mean they may not hurt her but saying pretty hurtful things to her basically yeah i mean i mean he tells her he loves her which yeah, in any any weird way, but 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 he also, you know, accuses her, I guess, of sleeping her way to uh-huh. uh access to Frank, which she did, but I don't know what the ethics are on that man. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I'm not I a don't journalist. understand why people get bent out of shape with people trading sex for whatever favor, yeah. honestly. I don't understand why we're so puritanical
0: about that. But we are, and uh, the show reflects it here. <laughs> and fucking journalists, most of all. Sure. I mean, there could be some sort of conflict of interest, certainly. Well,
1: there's that, true. And also, it's like, I, I think that the bigger problem than her sleeping with him is that her just offering to be his mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. And using the news to score political points. If I was a journalist, that's what I'd be pissed off about, not who she's fucking. Okay. Fair enough. No, that's not what Lucas was mad about.
0: (laughs) No, definitely not. Um, So there's that minor thing. uh, And then there's Claire's battle with Jillian uh, throughout this episode, which, ah, man, I, I really... So I enjoyed watching this, but I have a really hard time sympathizing with Jillian at all here. Like, her ethics are offended that she would allow... Uh, Sandcorp to come in with a film crew and use their facilities at CWI for their commercials and their promotional materials. Well, I I don't know about
1: that. I don't know why Claire is so blase about it when her top lieutenant is pissed about it. Because, you know, when she went to Remy, she offered to say, hey, we'll work with you with publicity. We'll let you use your logo, blah, blah, blah. Remy's like, that ain't enough. I need you to kill the bill. And she did. So Uh to me, it's like if I say, hey, will you do this job for $5? And you're like, no, fuck you. I need $100. I'm like, all right, here's $100. And you come back a week later, hey, give me $5. bucks." you are like, fuck you, dude. The job was $100, (laughs) not $105. Uh So why is she just, yeah, whatever, man. She did the thing that he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Made sure to build died. Why does she owe him advertising? Especially since it's pissing off. Her superstar employee. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and what's hilarious is, or not hilarious, what's telling, is Claire is to Jillian in this situation exactly what Frank is to Claire. Okay, expound G- on that. Jillian thought she was an equal partner with with uh, Free Reign mm, to run okay. her own projects, and Claire spoke to her in those terms and made her feel valued, and suddenly yeah. when she does something that uh Claire doesn't like hey I in fact the words she used were almost exactly it's like well I don't want to me be, be be this so blunt mm-hmm. but you are basically my, my you are my vassal operation. Sure. Um what I forget exactly what phrase she used because
0: she's I don't know. It also smacks a little bit of the blank check syndrome <laughs> that we see in this episode. Right. You know Jillian thought she had a blank check to just do whatever she wanted in this project. Right. Uh not the case according to Claire. Although when what I really don't like about Jillian's attitude is when Claire confronts her about it, mm-hmm. Claire mentions absolutely nothing about her pregnancy, just says, you have the gall to, to be absent the day after telling Sancorp to go fuck themselves, and Jillian jumps to, you have the gall to accuse me of using my pregnancy as yeah. an excuse. That is not at all what she was doing. Well, she was just mad that she ducked her. Well,
1: I guess what Jillian's saying is, I didn't duck you, I was legitimately ill.
0: Sure, fine, but that's not, she wasn't accusing her of hiding behind her pregnancy. Also, yeah, Jillian is less than
1: dishonest because there was zero wiggle room from what Claire said, you know, oh, yeah. about the, she's like, no, nope, they're going to get the access, make sure you see what they do. Yeah. That isn't like, uh, you know, this is what I think, <laughs> but you make your own decision. No, it was a direct order. Yeah. As her boss, so. so I, I, I don't know whether they intentionally put in the parallels to her relationship and Frank's. Yeah. Um, I think they did. But the I I'm. Do you think that Claire sees this? Do you think that this is a lesson that she's learned from? Mm, uh, no, I think she's, Frank?
0: she's very angry about this right now, and she's probably not seeing any of this. Do you think there is clearly.
1: any any of this? Uh, uh, being mad that the, uh, you know, maybe Jillian took the path that she she could have taken. She's raised mm. this Bohemian baby without the father's involvement, and. That's interesting. She's the free spirit that can do whatever she wants and not be
0: beholden to people's. That's what made her mad more than anything. Maybe. Maybe so. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. But after coming off of last episode, uh, that would make a lot of sense.
1: If you've enjoyed our show, please help us get our new House of Cards podcast launched in style by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. You can also support us by using our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. Just go to amazon.baldmove.com and we'll get a tiny cut of Amazon's profits from whatever you buy on that session. Best of all, they cost you nothing. And be sure to tell your friends, family, and coworkers about Bald Move. Check out our website for all our other great television coverage for Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, and Downton Abbey, and all of our great pop culture casts like Personal Arrogance and The Because Show. Keep up with the latest on Twitter at Bald Move and on Facebook.com slash BaldMove. And don't forget to join us on Valentine's Day weekend starting Saturday, February 14th for our coverage of Season 2 of House of Cards. See you next time.